Watch Yahoo! Phantom of the forest, you spear, finger, fire, dragon, Ohio grass, man, silver giant, bloodless hollow, West Virginia vampire, coyote king, hogzilla, devil, dark coyote killer. Cave creature, mothman, smoke wolf, a lizard, demon, ashman, grafton monster, cow killing bastard, shadow creature, dust man, Cherokee, death cat, wild man, great fire, rape, what else do I have to say? Steal yourself some chicken wire, and I'll get some blubber, cast the thunder brothers, don't you dare get out of the golf cart, we can keep our fixies while we hunt the fixies. Smelly gastro Red Island Bear Beast Silver Giant Squalling Savage Black Wolf was kind of average Stone Giant Raven Mocker Midnight Whistler Wampus Beast Wild Wild Woman Ohio Grass Man again Technically Huckleberry Wolf Man of Wolf County Need to find the axe again If we hunt the lightning man A Webster's Werewolf Deadly Howl Kentucky Hellhound Little Girl Headless Horror I can't take it anymore Steal yourself some chicken wire and I'll get some lumber, cast the Thunder Brothers Don't you dare get out of the golf cart We can keep our big seats while we hunt the big feet This here's Big Feet's the podcast for Wet Hillbillies by Wet Hillbillies I'm Robert Brockway and I'm Wet Hillbilly And I'm Sean Baby and I will not be taunted by the werewolf And I am New York Times bestselling author Jason Pargin God, we got such a good get this uh-huh. this week. Joined by the the Jason Pargin, we wouldn't have been here if it wasn't such a fucking great episode. We're about to talk about this episode this of real good. of the Bigfoot hunting reality show Mountain Monsters makes the previous ten episodes look like garbage. Now, do not start listening to this podcast with this episode if a friend has referred you to this episode and your app starts you on the most recent one. This is not one of those shows. Go back and listen to episode one. It's not dated. We're doing them in the order that they did the episode. So please do not start here. The build, the build is so important to like watch this thing. Yes. Build up because it starts off and you're like, well, how the hell are they going to beat this? And we're 10 episodes in 11 episodes in now. And they beat it every goddamn time, and it's beautiful to watch, and it sucks if you skip it. So go back, go back, listen to episode one. Before we get into it, uh, let's let's do our plugs. Jason, you might be working on something. There might be a reason you're on this show. Yes, I am still plugging my novel. The most recent one is called Zoe is Too Drunk for This Dystopia. They are science fiction novels that are simultaneously very stupid and very thoughtful, depending on how much you want to read into them. So whatever mood you're in, they, in theory, should cater to it. And Sean. I, with Robert Brockway, co-founded a website called 1900hotdog.com almost four years ago now. And uh, it's a... Yeah, it's amazing. And uh, we are now the final website. Uh, we have an all-star cast of writers. We have new hilarious articles every day of the – every weekday. Um, anyway, it rules. You should go. I got to admit, I was wondering what happened to Robert Brockway. I am a Brockway fan. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to uh, getting back into – was it hundreds and hundreds of articles of Backlog that you could start reading now and you would just never – 
ever reach the end of it because we're updating too fast. Uh, is that would you say that's fair to say? That's very fair to say. We have more jokes than you'll ever read, and they're you'll all get sick of us. Awesome, you'll get sick. They're of all killer. You reach the end. The things we find and the the things we say about them. We are zany. If there is, and there's several murders, some cannibals. If you're like a true crime person, I'm not even joking. Uh, it's true. We've got it all. We've got everything. Very briefly, if there are some youths listening to this, 12, 13 years old, any of the children out there, seven, eight years old, listen to the show. You do not realize that there was a time in the internet where the primary format was long-form written blogging. This was the blog era. This was before social media. And we all had our early jobs writing for those sites, writing comedy that took 30 or 40 hours to write a single article that was two or three or 4,000 words long. And that used to be the standard before podcast and video and TikTok took over. Now, all of those websites that used to do that type of content, for the most part, have gone to a pure volume model where they will crank out hundreds of short articles of that took 10 minutes for someone to write or that they had an AI write these days where it is just a jumble of paragraphs. These guys running are running a website where every day they run one article and only one. And it is an article that has dozens and dozens of hours in crafting it on a subject that is of zero importance whatsoever. Right. You will find nothing there it's about the election or about anything. <laughs> it is all just digging up some piece of cursed media and putting a tremendous effort into writing a beautiful and very funny write-up about it. It is a lost art that used to be very common. All of those sites are long dead. Something awful, not only is the website gone, but the guy who owned it is literally dead. On the day that yeah. we are discussing this, the website Jezebel is dead. The owners killed it because they could not find a buyer for it. That's a site that had been around for, I don't know, 15 years, something like that. It's gone. Mm -hmm. All of them are gone. Funny or Die is gone. College Humor is gone. That URL doesn't. It goes to their video channel. It's The, the website is gone. It the, the archives are gone. Like This used to be the thing. This is what we were all trained on. I turned it into a career as a literal best-selling author. That is not a joke, but I got my training writing these kinds of articles. It is hard to overstate what has been lost and what we are trying to preserve. <laughs> Library of Alexandria over here, but but just for fucking bizarre movies just that should exist. Nonsense. Just for that's very nice. Books Jason. on Bigfoot. You're you're much better at uh, describing it than I am. Poetic, even it <laughs> makes it sound noble, like a noble endeavor, yeah. which I like. And I like the emotional not, roller coaster. It's not that. It. it is pure joy, pure unadulterated joy, and no other thing is our focus. Uh, often, often directly to the detriment of our success. Uh, for example, this podcast. It does not have. It's true. It does not have ads. We're not selling it to anybody. Yeah, the uh, business model would, to make this work is to be important, to be newsworthy, to to make a difference, and we're almost deliberately not any of those things. Yes, we'll never do any of that and uh and we are we do hurt for it. Uh we lose money. We literally pay money uh to Forget do this by. podcast. So, you can tell fucking somebody about it. You can the least you can do is open your goddamn mouth hole and make some words at somebody else and tell them that you have a great time here. Leave a review, uh subscribe to something. 
do one thing. Just be like, I'm going to do one thing for it. And yeah. uh, we will never mention it again until the next episode when we do. Or just relax. We, we won't have no, we'll have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That was my plug. Uh, I think it was more of a threat, but uh, we got there. We got there. <laughs> so if you're new to this podcast, you probably already tuned out as we lectured you on the history of what the old people used to do on the internet. Uh, but if you're still here, this is a watch along podcast for mountain monsters. That's a, it's a real show. Uh, hard quotes around real. It's a hillbilly X files reality show. Uh, they do bill it as, as something that really happened is these are real characters and these are real monsters that they find on a shoestring budget. Uh, there's, 800 subspecies of monsters. They're all in West Virginia, which is convenient, so they never have to leave, like, their backyard to find them. They're inventing improv along the way. It's glorious to watch. Our cast is Trapper. He's the leader. Huckleberry is uh, his lover and security. Buck uh, is rooker, rookie caller, husky ninja, point man, and, uh, and, and fall guy, literally. Jeff is our hillbilly research scientist. He's like, uh, it's like, what's his face? Like, Giles from Buffy. Except for the opposite of that in every way. Uh, Willie is our trapper, by which I mean he will put a big rock on a stick. And Wild Bill is our tracker, by which I mean he will stand under that rock and get killed. Uh, we are watching Mountain Monsters Season 1, Episode 11, according to the HBO Max order, which is it is streaming on HBO Max. You can also find it for free on the Roku channel, I've been told. There's some episodes on YouTube. Or you could be like me and spend... $140 purchasing every single episode. Or you could go into the woods with any group of eight-year-olds and recreate it perfectly. <laughs> no, you would you would settle on something too smart. Uh, we're watching <laughs> season one, episode 11. Allow me to say this. The Fire Dragon of Pocahontas County. Beautiful. That Beautiful is, title. Fuck yeah, right? A message in the uh, Big Feet's uh, corporate Slack where I came in and announced screaming... <laughs> That the next episode is called The Fire Dragon of Pocahontas County. For those of you who have not memorized the previous 10 episodes of this podcast, this show is somewhat problematic in how it deals with Native American issues and lore. So the fact Fair. that they were hunting a creature that is a dragon of Pocahontas County, I was like, I have <laughs> never been more excited by the title of something <laughs> In the my series life. of letters are just, they look beautiful on my screen. I'm just looking at the way they dip and bounce. It's art. It's physical art. The fire dragon of Pocahontas County. The triple X parody. So we start off this episode as we always do with Trapper's Truck Briefing with, uh, with just all, every single one of them crammed into this extra, extra large cab. Hauling ass across the state. Trapper says, now for this hunt, we're going clear across the state to the eastern side of West Virginia, like it's like it's fucking Nepal that they're trekking to instead of like an hour, like an hour's drive <laughs> right. that they're willing to sacrifice. Going three towns for this over. Hunt. We're going nine churches that, that way. Now he says that beautiful sentence. We are going after the Pocahontas fire dragon. Now, prior to this, now Brackway, when you watch these on your streaming service, do they begin with the little montage, like the teaser montage of the action that's about to, to yes. come? Okay. The first thing, even before we get to this scene, the first thing you see is that they promise gunfire in the mm -hmm. woods. It has a brief shot of Trapper firing a handgun 
<laughs> in the woods. We Again, have his hand. We cut. have seen him pull out his Glock earlier with his little flashlight, like a cop, like a cop in a cop show. And you right away, even before we get the truck briefing, it's like you are in for a ride. We have somehow. I don't know how if they spring for blanks or if they if this is a kind of production where there's like screw it. I think after seeing the rock trap from the last episode, we can safely say that like no one gives a shit. Like no one has blanks. They he fired off real rounds. Yeah, the guy whose job it was to stop them from killing themselves died in a rock trap. Yeah. Like, the first version of that rock trap, they knew it would work when it crushed that intern's head. And now they're... And now that now that buzzkill Bobby is out of the way... I honestly think Blanks just, would be more dangerous with these guys. Because Wild Bill would be like, I was wondering to see if I, what a blank tastes like or something. Like... like. <laughs> <laughs> the old West Virginia dental plan. Yeah. <laughs> You're shooting it out of your mouth with a with a blank. Uh, Call that a cordite <laughs> mouthwash. <laughs> so this one is sort of a real thing. Uh not not here and not the way they depict it, but there's there's kind of a vibe of big lizards around there. There's Kentucky has a giant Komodo dragon cryptid, mm-hmm. and there's something in West Virginia called the Cumberland Dragon. It was only seen one time, and yet somehow it also has an alias, and that is old Goosefoot. <laughs> so someone found some so, goose tracks, and they're so, like, "This couldn't have been a goose." Be a dragon, Goosefoot and dragon, of course. Uh, it's somebody had swim fins on and was just like walking. Old Goosefoot, old Goosefoot again. Uh, but like they, they're not going to pay attention to any of that lore. They're just going to spin off and make yeah, up a hundred percent of their own. I they they think, all right. They think they are inventing a giant lizard. What they are inventing is a new way for lizards to work, as we will see by the end of this episode. <laughs> uh, Trapper says the reason they call him the Fire Dragon is because he's drawn to heat. Which, oh, you're tempted to be disappointed right now. You're tempted to be like, damn it, I wanted to see him shoot fire. Surely they have the budget for fire. Just hold on. Hold on to it, because they're going somewhere. He says, the heat from a cabin chimney, the heat from a steam engine. He's done listing things. Yep. Listing relatable things. That's that's where you get heat in 2020, or 2013, when they filmed this. 2013 in West Virginia. Steam engines and cabin chimneys are it. He says, some bitch is 10, 12 feet long, a thousand pounds. He's got a T-Rex head. Huge tail, big scales, one hell of a demon. But, but again, yeah. did he mean to say demon there? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it's a demon know? now. Like, he was probably supposed to say dragon, unless they're classifying these as demons. There was a brief time where, they're, where they were trying to get them classified as mountain monsters. Like, they wouldn't call something a mountain monster until they could verify, like, I don't know, it's Schutzpah. But, uh... <laughs> But well, it's ten, but, yeah. at 10, 12 foot long. This is three, four feet bigger than their usual size. So this might be like out of their weight class. They're 0 and 10 against the monsters so far. And it's massive tail, though. I guess, yeah. And a lizard tail, everyone knows, pops right off when you when you grab it. So <laughs> they could like get that thing to lose 200 pounds right off the bat if they could just like, get I hold think, that tail. I think if this is... If if this keeping with tradition, if this is just Shaq in a suit trying to like drive down real estate prices, yeah. I think he would be all in like the central part of the suit, 
And then, then like that's uh, true. Charles Barkley's in the tail. <laughs> <laughs> it's still very so big. Much. It's still a I big would give tail. so much to see that conversation <laughs> inside the giant lizard suit as they're trying to run a real estate scam, Scooby Doo style. Uh, so we go to the CGI model. We do a thick cryptid thigh check as we always do, but they're not here. No, no thick cryptid thighs right. this time. Yeah, I might okay. put thighs okay in my notes. Yeah, just okay. But we do have the Gorn head back. This mm-hmm. is, I feel like they reuse the asset of just, it's a Gorn. I also want to really want to point out that either the software they're using or the artist they're using kind of struggles with teeth. Yes. Yeah, a little bit. They're kind of just some dra- jagged triangles that are kind of just sticking out at all. They, they little, at really all had trouble with crazy it. Crazy angles. He's got a, this dragon's on meth. It's, <laughs> it's seen better times. Got addicted to meth and is not taking great care of great care of his teeth. Uh, Buck Buck has some questions. He goes, "This dragon hut. So is it on two feet or four feet?" Or and Jeff says, "The fire dragon is a quadrupedal creature, guys. He's an old cryptid quadrupedal." <laughs> and every, they've done this bit before. Everyone question. Yeah, that's my question. Nuts. Yeah, that's my question. Before, in an earlier episode, I believe the first episode, Uh Jeff made the mistake, mistake of saying the word bipedal, and they made fun of him nonstop for like three episodes. Yeah. So either we forgot that we did this bit already, or have they just independently invented the callback? (laughs) I feel like with the enthusiasm they responded with, this is a callback. I... They got there. They Eleven got there. episodes in, they've invented the callback. But I'm so proud of them. Trapper says, been... what the hell is a quadrupedal? <laughs> and Huckleberry Sorry. says, you're getting above my 10th grade education. Are we? Yeah. I'm not sure we are, buddy. I think just everyday life, you hear if the the word pedal and pedal and pedometer, like quadrupedal, like it kind of explains itself, I feel like. Certainly before 10th grade, which is not like a hillbilly amount of education. Like, that's a high school dropout, but not by a lot. Like, that's, I think that should be like hillbilly college graduate, really. I just feel like dumb as shit isn't a personality. And that's like what all these guys are going for. They're like, no, 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 I'm actually the dumbest. Ah, fuck you, asshole. I'm dumber than you. (laughs) This is a long time to call back, though. This is like eight or nine episodes since since they originally did this bit. Which... Coincidentally, is the exact midpoint between a fire dragon and a werewolf size. So I don't know. I don't know if that's a coincidence or <laughs> or science or, or hillbilly science. science. Uh, so Jeff gives us the lore. Jeff says the fire dragon was first spotted in the 1920s by train conductors. <laughs> <laughs> the keen because, eyes of the train conductors first spotted the giant lizard, as they did for so many new species. That we owe to the brave train conductors out there exploring the frontiers, laying down the tracks as they go. Uh, that's because the train tracks follow the rivers due to the mountainous terrain. And then Trapper explains, years ago when they had the big old logging trains, he would actually come up and attack the old steam <laughs> engines. <laughs> I loved how all of the, the improv clashed here because somebody was like, so it loves trains. And Trapper's like, no, it loves the rivers. And... uh that's where they what they landed on is that it lives in the rivers, but it will attack the trains. <laughs> so. Because they're hot, because they're steam engines, <laughs> yeah, they're and it likes the heat, and it's so fast it can run, I guess, as fast as a train and attack the engine. 
And this is the first time anybody's seen it, even though it's been attacking train engines for a hundred years. <laughs> it's such a good start. Again, the questions that arise in the minds of the listener, is this a hundred plus year old creature? I guess at this time they are not going to address that question. They are going to talk about no. it as if it is a singular immoral creature. Second question, is it eating the heat or is it absorbing the heat or is it just enjoying the heat like because you know they're going to refer later like a lizard laying it on the sun not they are never going to quite figure that out i thought they kind of landed on sort of an energon cube thing where the the lizard was taking the heat and absorbing it and that became it's like lizard power until that heat was depleted but that's like later they they land on that yeah you can watch that evolve throughout the episode so what we do what we start with is them saying jeff says He's cold-blooded, so he's attracted to fire. Trapper says, that's extra important for Willie to know. And then Huckleberry goes, "Uh uh-huh, so we can use it against him. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That is the basic. It's brilliant. Uh, it's brilliant. The other question that surely the listener is wondering is like, well, they they surely are going to address the fact that this is a cold-blooded creature, so their infrared detector is going to be useless. (laughs) That will not occur to them. (laughs) I I was so pissed off about that. Like, the, the, it, it struck me as too dumb even for this show. But also, they play with it because he does not, in true Jeff fashion, he does not get it on thermal <laughs> for a very long time. But then you just when you think they're going to figure that out, yeah, they we're, don't. We're getting way ahead of us. But, but this, is what, this is what I was saying uh, a couple episodes ago. This is the thing. This is our thesis point that we will spend the entire episode proving, even though everybody knows it and we just proved it in the first sentence. <laughs> cold-blooded things do like warmth that's what we're out to prove let's prove it normal fact Uh, we're barely going to get there by the end of the episode so we meet the first witness but no i'm I'm actually glad we talked about that already because the very first thing i thought when they said it was cold-blooded was well what the fuck is jeff gonna do on the hunt if he if his thermal camera doesn't work and uh yeah whatever (laughs) we'll get to it uh the first witness they roll up in their little forest golf cart once again to meet him just standing in the deep woods this is bub (laughs) he's been like idle stancing there like a video game npc just waiting for them he's do you remember his uh distinctive uh headgear his identifiable what was his he's got a digital camo baseball cap that's right that's right (laughs) everybody's gotta have one He's uh he's a fisherman he's a hunter but most of all he likes his camping so they're trying to find fancy words to say He's outside. He's outside. <laughs> which, is, which is what, that's like his life. That's his job. He's outside. It's a job. Outside, man. I want to. Now, Bub. I, okay, I, I'm sorry. Right. I have to tell a personal story here. When I first found pornography on the internet in like 19, <laughs> uh, I don't know what year it would have been, like 1998 or something like that. Before, sure. it was before video. It was when it was still all just photo-based. It was some website where they, I don't know, the girls were like dressed as cheerleaders or something. But there was the day, there was the day when I realized they were using the same outfits on different girls, including like the same lingerie. I was like, oh, that's, she's wearing the same underwear as this other model was wearing. And the other shoot, like they're re. These aren't real cheerleaders. Owner killer. They're reusing the underwear, and I'm like, are they washing it in between? <laughs> because it totally broke my illusion. Because obviously, the premise of the porno was like, 
oh, this is giggly sorority girl. And it's all these 35 year old, you know, models, dancers that are have transitioned mm-hmm. to internet pornography. It's like, oh, they've got like a box of underwear that they put on for the shoot and they just reuse it from shoot to shoot. So here I'm wondering the day when I'm going to recognize the same piece of headwear on a witness and yeah. realize they've just got a garbage bag full of ass. <laughs> like I give him the beanie, give him the beanie, but it's big put this time, put sunglasses, like some sunglasses on, yeah. on the top to make it different from and the first day I realize that they are recycling the headwear that they are assigning to their witnesses. Cause it has to happen. You're going to, you can't, you don't have infinite right. hats. And it's so, there's so much grosser this, these hats than those uh, shared underpants. Just magnitudes more bacteria on these hats. The second they try to reuse Crash's car key earring from the Mothman episode, I'm going to be on that shit. No, you will not. You will not disparage a hero. God damn it. You took that from his dead body and we all know it. Uh, so, Bub, they meet Bub. Uh, he had himself an encounter. He had... And then he, he's, he's been briefed by Jeff and he's trying to do a very good job. And what he says is, I had a very hot fire <laughs> built up. What to fry me some catfish? I had that detail too. <laughs> what? Uh, he's got, he's like, just guileless. He had his script, parts of his script in bold and he decided he had to pronounce the bold. It's so hotter than usual. It's so funny because they, why they slipped the scenario. Is that he specifically had caught some fish because, again, like everybody they talk to, they just live off the land. So he just – he catches fish and then, of course, guts it right there and then fries it on his campfire right there, as people do in West Virginia. That's how they eat all of their meals. And then the the lizard demon – I'm sorry. I've, what's what's this one called? Fire dragon. Uh, fire dragon County. of Pocahontas The fire County. dragon of Pocahontas County comes up out of the river and – you would 100% assume he's there for the fish. He smelled the fish. And that if he went to the fire, it was just out of curiosity. Like it wouldn't, you wouldn't assume, Oh, he's here to absorb the energy from the fire. Like a transformer. (laughs) It's like, that would not occur to you. It would be like, well, he smelled my fish. He came out and investigated. He saw my fire. But because he knows he's there to talk about <laughs> the fire dragon of, of Pocahontas City, it's like, no, he went right toward the fire, the hot <laughs> fire. the fish. The very hot fire <laughs> that I had. And he explains that it, it got real close, stood up on two legs, and he, he hopped on his forest golf cart and hauled ass out of there. But when he looked back, it was just going ballistic on the fire. It, it had gone crazy on fire energy, and it was slapping its tail around, hurling rocks in the air. So, so this is new. Like this is a yeah. new thing. Like the werewolf of Webster County. It this gets- is a beast that is driven crazy by the thing it wants. Right. It's like it's got dragon nip. It's got it's got wolf nip. It gets that heat energy and immediately just blows it on a tantrum. It drives him insane. It drives, mm-hmm. He needs it to live and also to go completely insane. I guess we've, we've kind of teased that in Mothman, where he where he ate electricity by dancing on it, but yeah. also he could be trapped by electricity. It's like yeah. like a tragedy. I guess they're trying to, to sell the tragedy of their existence. <laughs> now, they are... <laughs> they explain... Go ahead. They're going to try to establish something fairly complicated with this creature, with the nature of it being cold-blooded and all that. But to set it up, it's very funny because Buck asks the guy how quickly the monster moved 
out from the river to his spot. And the guy says, I took it a while to get up here. <laughs> and I watched it the whole just time. Watch this monster. I I this fucking move. dinosaur slowly approach my fish. Because normally <laughs> it's at this stage of the witnesses where you emphasize how strong it is, how fast it is, how it jumped yeah. over the, the creek like it was nothing to, to kind of ramp up the threat. So early, like they're trying, they're trying to emphasize that he's he's sluggish when cold, and then when he gets energized, he's he's fast and fierce. But the way they set it up, if you don't know that already, if you don't know that lore, it's like, this is the slowest creature we've had yet. <laughs> they can barely move. Well, you know, it is it's 100 a hundred years old. I think it might have been old. Yes, it's, it's got arthritic <laughs> joints. We need to put this thing out of its misery. It's starting to feel pretty bad for about, <laughs> about I want to say about 40 minutes in, he was not getting up that hill. We got to euthanize this creature. It's the only humane thing to do. <laughs> So they explain cold-bloodedness to each other several more times, but oh, they I do not it. get it yet. Yeah, they still uh, think it restores its like warm energy, which lets it move faster and hunt. Yes. Trapper says, well, it doesn't take a trapper to see this trail here, which is a fucking crazy sentence for you to say, Trapper. <laughs> uh, you don't need me at all. I'll be in the car. Uh, <laughs> my whole identity is is meaningless. I'm, I've got a lot of shit to face down. Huckleberry asks, like, asks Bub... Like how this new knowledge of the fire dragon makes him feel now. And Bob goes, it doesn't make me feel very safe. (laughs) They they really hammer home. You could have died, buddy. Like you had a dinosaur jumping around in your campfire. You could have fucking died. (laughs) So, so we jump over to our first night. investigation. You you skipped one detail. It has glowing red eyes. So that's, that is basically perfunctory at this point. They, they might as well just, tell the witness i didn't what, even what color it. i didn't even know what it. color were its eyes glowing it, they they it, and, it's one of those things where it's like if you watch a batman origin story movie and his parents don't get shot outside the theater like you'd fly into a rage same thing here like if you're watching mountain monsters episode if the monster does not have glowing eyes of some color you're just turning it off yeah. it's, their, it's their shorthand for evil when they find the first witness that that's when they're like you know what this would be the perfect spot for our first night investigation. <laughs> what if it wasn't? <laughs> There's no point. There's no point investigating this. What if we don't do a night yeah. investigation? Everybody would just stand there slack not coming back. So they're doing the night investigation and Trapper briefs them. And, and what he says is, now we all know the fire dragon. He's big. He's aggressive. And he's in this cranberry area. <laughs> he says the words that he passes through here all the time, which is. An insane thing to say. I would say every single part of that yeah. is an insane thing. We all know the fire dragon. He's big. He's aggressive. He's in this cranberry area. It is called the Cranberry River, but it's still hilarious. Yeah. He also accidentally brings up a good point that like having a giant dragon tail would leave quite a path. So uh, it's like a tracker of, of you know, Willie's caliber probably should have spotted like the trough it would have dug on the way to that guy's fire pit and then away from it. <laughs> Especially since it was so slow, right? It was just just digging in, digging just bleeding twelve hundred pounds the whole way. Of Charles Barkley through the through the mud. Uh, so Buck Buck takes point, of course, as they head into the woods, so that he will be the first devoured by the fire dragon, and therefore will not be hungry enough to attack the others. Mm-hmm. Uh, Huckleberry says, "Now it has a tail, which can be used as a weapon, and it has teeth, which we know can be used as a weapon." <laughs> So we really got to be on our toes tonight. Now, an important thing that happens here, 
uh, they start the hunt. And I, I've seen the show before, so I know what's coming. I counted the fucking steps they took before leaving their golf cart and encountering the ancient cryptid no one's ever seen before. Can we guess? Six. It was Aww. six steps. Sorry for not letting you guess. I was very excited to. <laughs> I was gonna guess. Wait, I was gonna guess eighteen steps. No, it was like six. <laughs> like <laughs> six steps. That's incredible. <laughs> now, here is where it's, it's, the, the, this is also a point where I was at this stage kind of getting disappointed in the episode, which we are a couple minutes away from this turning into the most spectacular thing that's ever been broadcast on television <laughs> but at this stage, because they did the thing, which is now becoming a, a moment that uh, again, I demand in every episode where Trapper says he sees movement and here's the creature ask Jeff, Jeff holds up the infrared and says, Nope, all clear <laughs> his catchphrase. Now, now here's where I thought, are they going to be clever enough to have Jeff say, no, I don't see anything. I don't see anything. Oh my God, it's right here. It's it doesn't show up on infrared. It's tricked oh, us. It's so, it, and, so good. Uh, no, it's just it's just Jeff not getting Trapper giving him a a bid for please let's do the show we came out here to shoot. Now in my head. On Jeff's part, this is Jeff exercising the small amount of power that he gets. I think, I think this is Jeff being like, yeah, I know what you want me to say, but maybe we don't make fun of my weird Nepalese hat anymore. How about that? How about that? And then maybe I see some shit on yeah. thermal. You maybe guys. stop like, shooting down all my Cherokee child bride ideas. <laughs> Nope, that's Buck. He's the one that says it likes to attack my car. <laughs> Maybe it fucking attacked my car this time. Maybe that's, wink, what I'm going to tell the insurance company, and we're going to have it on film. <laughs> the lizard attacked my car. Uh, but no, you like because he doesn't see it, you start to assume that's, that's like the scene that's going to happen. It has to happen with a right. cold-blooded creature. And right away, no, it never does happen. What does happen is Trapper goes, got fresh shit right here. And then they pan down and it's a small dog turd. It's a turd from a small dog. Yeah. Doesn't it's, look like fire dragon poop to me. I, I, it's the, it's probably the most hilarious turd they could have selected for this scene. <laughs> for yeah. a 12 foot mega lizard from beyond time that eats fire uh, <laughs> out here laying a polite three-inch dog turds. A thousand pounds is what they, they said the creatures. It's 12 foot long mm -hmm. and, weighs, and weighs a thousand pounds and it lays this dainty little poo. When, again, this tiny little all, shy, it, its cheeks turn red and then it skitters away with that you've witnessed it. 20 minutes of effort, they could have gotten some charcoal, wrapped yeah. it up in newspaper, lit it on fire, and had a burning turd, a awesome. burning fire demon turd which would have been great television. It would not have been difficult. You could have gotten the charcoal from a gas station, get like five briquettes in a row, make it like big, healthy turd sized, wrap it in a mm -hmm. newspaper, light it on fire. And then you come across it like, aha, the, the, the fire dragon of Pocahontas County has laid a, a turd right here. Yeah, no turd shit like trademark this. Trademark flaming turd, flaming turd bags of fire, fire dragon of Pocahontas County. Yeah, that would have like you say that, but it's like saying it's like saying to an artist, 
why would I pay? So this took you 15 minutes to do. Why do I, why do I owe that much? Mm. You're not paying for the art. You're paying for all of the training. So when you're saying they could just do that, they don't have the brains to do that. That's like, true. that's, that requires a lifetime of, of monster hunting to know to do that. not there yet. Yeah. Not there yet. We're going to get there. I do have faith. We'll get there. I think we'll invent that along the way. Uh, they start to follow the track when gunshot. Somebody is shooting at them. Commercial, full recap, all the way up to the present. Trapper says, now, we just heard shots. We don't know if we're getting shot at or if he's shooting at somebody else. I, then, I thought Buck finally shot his gun on accident. Yeah. It, from this sound bite coming back from the ad break, it 100% is implied that he thinks the fire dragon shot at them with its gun. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> See, I like I just like we have established when uh when they got attacked in the middle of a testimonial that these are not after the fact supposed to be inserted in like in the fiction like they do with other reality shows. They are stepping aside in the moment to say, "Now, somebody just shot at me. I don't know if he's shooting at the fire dragon or me. I guess we're going to find that out." <laughs> Uh, and sure enough, a hillbilly, just a random hillbilly, screams, who's out there? And Trapper's answer is, just some old country boys. <laughs> which is the least comforting thing you could just say. I would immediately shoot Here to again. shoot your wife, sir. <laughs> uh, he took a shot, this hillbilly took a shot at the fire dragon. Buck tells him he thought he was shooting at them. And the, the old hillbilly says, no, I wouldn't shoot you yet. <laughs> no. That's no pretty... sinister pause between you and yet. Just a real matter of fact, like, I am going to shoot at you yeah. some point. It's pretty friendly, this type of country. <laughs> this type of country. Which, let's sell this type of country. These are by far our filthiest hillbillies yet. Yeah. It is implied they live in this almost cardboard shack, this plywood shack out here. Yeah, these are some Rob Zombie movie murderers. Yeah, and they don't. They're, it's not furnished. It's It's just a particle board. Shack. It's a hunting shack or something, but they, they're implying that this man and his wife live in it. <laughs> live in there by dirty lantern light in their bathrobes <laughs> with only plastic water bottles for furniture. A silent look of concern is all she contributes to the show. <laughs> well, we can't have a woman talk yeah. in this show. That would be. Yeah, this guy has a wife and no hat, so he already just fucking doesn't fit on the show. I am desperate to know where they found this couple and how they got involved in the show. Because, again, if you cast them in a movie as hillbillies living in the middle of the woods, they would be like, no, scale it back yeah, a little bit. Too much. Like, you're, like, this is, unless you're doing like a Coen Brothers thing where everybody's kind of over the top and broad. That's like, no, come on. This is not, this is very insulting to everyone that lives in West Virginia and, and everywhere. Uh, I, I'm desperate to know. I would I would pay top dollar for a behind the scenes, and maybe they'll get into this in the their recap episodes around uh, around the fire, whatever it's called, because they've got a couple. This guy acts his ass off. He yeah. throws himself into this role in a way that not even the Ames team do. So. One, they got him involved. Two, he was very enthusiastic about it. He totally plays along. I don't know if he's somebody they know, somebody they ran into, somebody they auditioned. If he was a friend that they like, if because they, they've got to have friends if they, that once people have heard that they're on the show, like, oh, can I be on it? And if this is like right. maybe like Huckleberry's, I don't know, his 
cousin or, or something or a coworker it, it, or, or something. I would love to know because it's, it's so this guy is having so much fun playing this role. I really like now, it. You he, are, he, I don't know if he improv this, if this is planned, but he goes, he threw that big stick at me. <laughs> Just a funny yeah, thing yeah. for a giant Komodo dragon to do. I love Jason's assumption that in the behind the scenes stuff, we will get to know about like how they cast them. <laughs> so they will be talking about this like thespians. Like, how did you achieve this effect? <laughs> and they're out you there. Got to do the well, work. You see, I went into the woods. I studied the people. I lived among them. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like Sheldon said. They ask him what happened, and and what he says is he threw that big <laughs> stick at me a while ago, and it landed right here. And then he knocked the chimney right off my stovepipes. <laughs> Because the improv just got straight away. What what else does a what else does a dragon do? It throws a so stick at good. you. It makes love to your timid wife. He finds a hole in his home and he's like, Yep, that wasn't there before that. <laughs> That's a claw mark from a dragon. So they head they head around back to check out the chimney that the dragon attacked, and the hillbilly goes, I got the front like he's joined up, like this is an RPG and they just unlocked a new character. <laughs> it's part of their crew. Uh, they find out it ran up the hill and they all just are in utter dismay about the potential of walking up that hill. Yes. And that's when the hillbilly... They changed the plan pretty quick when there's a hill involved. <laughs> when there was a hill. The hillbilly sticks his head completely perpendicularly sideways out of the window <laughs> like a cartoon character. Yeah. And he says, be careful, but get that woolly bugger. My name's Chester. When you boys finish up, I'll get you a cup of coffee. It's a full-on hee-haw bit. <laughs> it is exactly... Like, he, st- he stick his head. He stucks his. He sticks his head out of the window like fucking like he's like he's popping up to say a joke. I'm laughing like he's just his reading of that line. And we know that there was one take is so amazing. I'm sorry if you're not curious as to how that guy wound up yeah. in that cabin, sticking his head out of that window, saying those words. I, you've lost your sense of wonder in the world because it, this, <laughs> the real story has to be extremely stupid and i don't know if this guy is a fan of the show or if if enough episodes well yeah this would have been season two so the first season would have aired or if it's big enough that you have people who live in west virginia like hey can i be on it can i be on it because this guy is acting like this is going to be his one chance at stardom yeah he is having so much fucking fun like he's a comedy he's he's like we'll be right back with barbara mandrell (laughs) so in the fiction like in reality this is the best time you could ever have is going with chester and his wife into their plywood plywood fuck shack but this is a very bad idea and what the camera crew does is they stay in the shack with chester and his wife which is just like like sean said rob zombie movie like this is the point where you're like yelling at the screen in a rob zombie movie don't do that there's there's a man wearing a skin suit in there and chester says We've been married 42 years, and we was just sitting here talking and reliving old times. Old and buddy, thought the house is going to cave in on us. Just talking, reliving the old times. I love that. It's such a cute little detail that they're just have just reminiscing about old memories. They're 43 years <laughs> they, together. Living in the middle of the woods, living off of possum, and you know, as they claim people do in West Virginia. That's of course they would do. Getting attacked and then by they dragons. Stick the camera in Chester's wife's face in her in her bathrobe in this raw plywood shack. 
with like black and white night vision. She's got black eyes and they just hold it there while she looks like she's trying to backpedal away from it. And she says nothing and it's fucking crazy. It's the craziest shot. Like It looks like they're attacking her. So uh, the damage that this thing did to the house that he thought the house going to cave in. And they say it knocked over its chimney. I think some of the listeners were imagining like a brick chimney that had been shattered by a, a Godzilla. It's a little Charles Barkley. It's tape. a little four inch metal pipe that had a little cap sitting on top of it, mm-hmm. and it just knocked that cap off. It knocked yeah. a little. It's fun little cap. It's jaunty little keep hat. The, to keep off. the rain out of the. To keep the rain from quenching the the fires. This little little rain cap. They just uh, it knocked it off like a squirrel could have could have done it, and then it. It clawed it clawed the side of his house, and by that I mean it made a little dent in the tar paper. It's a two inch shallow scratch, just one, and you got and Chester says, That right there, that's a claw mark. That is not anything other than a claw. Yeah, it's a, clearly a dragon claw mark. But it <laughs> this is enough evidence for them to be like, okay, good enough. We can now verify he likes heat, which is which is <laughs> what they're trying, trying to, to prove. prove the fire dragon likes heat. Corroborated. It was Chester is the their first source of the episode. Uh, this man they just met in the woods, uh, who lives in a box and shot at them, <laughs> can verify that a dragon attacked him and it came for his heat. It came for his wood stove. <laughs> Chester has one more line, but by God, what a line! He says. I'm just an old man, but I tell you what, I've been around for a while, and that thing made more noise than any ten bear I ever seen. <laughs> he was a rough in it. <laughs> Such a superstar. He was a rough in it. Never forget Chester. He was a uh, rough in it. R.I.P. Almost certainly R.I.P. <laughs> Almost certainly R.I.P. <laughs> by his own hand. <laughs> but maybe not intentionally, but definitely by his own by his own doings. Uh so Trapper ends the scene by going, by God, fire dragons are drawn to heat. We know that for a fact. And you would, I forgive you for assuming that that is the end of that. When he screams, I know that for a fact. It is not. No. He will still spend the rest of the episode trying to prove that. Wild Bill uh, uh, kind of gives a speech about how he knows what a f- reptile is. He's like, <laughs> I know, but he doesn't. I, I know reptiles, they, they like heat. Whoop, zip, zap, what do you? That's his take on it. <laughs> It's Wild Bill and Willie's. We're at Wild Bill and Willie's crackhead trap shack, and Huckleberry says, "I'm getting ready to meet with Wild Bill and Willie so I can relay some information about this Pocahontas fire dragon." Just I, it's such Great. a beautiful thing to say. Beautiful I just words. Excuse to say it. And Wild Bill says, "What's the huh? The old specs on this old wood critter." <laughs> like, like he's like he's got specs. Like they've got to figure out. His resistances and and his damages. Wild. He take he takes that that old double damage from water attacks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wild Bill's stock is dropping so hard in the last couple episodes because Trapper starts dropping trees with a chainsaw, and Wild Bill I don't think is allowed to use a chainsaw, so he just like hoots and hollers while this happens, and then he's like, "I gotta take down a tree too," and he takes his axe and he like ineffectively slaps a tree branch and then like pops a very, very small tree branch off. And then he comes up and he's like, he says of his, of himself, I'm meaner than a junkyard dog, which is <laughs> like a cliche. So, you'd have to imagine like that's. So this is, this is an insane scene and it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. Willie is, is dropping these trees 
and and Wild Bill is clearly very shaken by the events of the last few episodes. Mm-hmm. He screams at various points, I am a Marine and a lumberjack. He tells the tree to get some of that. Yes. He, and then does nothing to that tree. It does nothing to that tree. He runs at the tree with the axe over his head like fucking Braveheart and then smacks like a branch that just wobbles and bends because that's not where or how you smack a branch. And then he yells once again, get some of that. And he holds up the axe and he says, I sharpened this right here so I could, huh, chop down the old trees with her. And then he holds it to his face and he goes, I could use her for a old weapon right across the old gizzard with her. Like he's going to slit a fire dragon's throat with his axe. This is where then, I think he might really be a Marine. When he will just grab a weapon and be like, oh, and just fantasize about all the murders he could do. In between all of these sentences, it's like cut to footage of him with that axe running at the tree again and it just bouncing off over and over again. I don't think he gets, he might have gotten one branch out of all of this. And he also says, I could also do a little bit of that Marine Corps shaving right down the old side of the face there, brother. And then he, he does something completely insane afterwards. He runs up and he drills like a finger into Huckleberry's chest, who is just standing there saying nothing. Yeah. And that's when he sneers like, I'm meaner than a junkyard dog. It's to Huckleberry and like in Huckleberry's face. And then they they cut to him later as he drops to his knees in exhaustion <laughs> from everything he's just done. Yeah, he's just like, having literally. a full emotional breakdown. He just got an axe <laughs> in his hand, went crazy, killed, killed half a branch. Uh... I, uh, also, we found <laughs> out here that Huckleberry's a Marine, too. I don't know if we knew that before. And he's not a fucking maniac Yeah, he's about not a it. fucking like, maniac. mentioned it. They have a chopping competition. They're like, hey, Wild Bill, how long does it take you to get through a log? And he takes him 25 chops. And I'm like, I don't know. That doesn't seem very good. And so they let Huckleberry do it 12. 12 chops. He's <laughs> just shaming. <laughs> shaming our, our meth king. Shaming our rambunctious king. Funny thing is, I probably said before, an episode of the show doesn't really start until Wild Bill shows up. Yeah. And in any other show, the way the producers would talk about it, they say he's there to bring energy. Like like it's it's a lull, so you you have this guy. Like if he was a performer, he would sense that nobody's gonna watch us wanna watch us just chop wood with these axes. So I've gotta bring I got to bring some energy to it. I've got to like, uh, you know, I've got to raise the energy level of the scene and that's what I'm here to do. Like they, this, you know, this kind of slow so far. And so, but it's all by accident. He obviously doesn't know that's his role on the show. Like no one is directing wild bill to act this way. So they have by accident, either due to his personality or due to his habits, have this man who <laughs> is rambunctious, his rambunctious, his natural rambunctiousness that, that has also destroyed his teeth. He comes <laughs> in at the exact right time to like bring up the, the energy of the show. So it's like they've accidentally, I don't want to not give them credit. Like, you know, these people clearly are geniuses in their own way. Agreed. He ha- I believe that was an actual emotional breakdown, though. I believe that that by being the butt of too many jokes and his wild, insecure masculinity, he just fucking lost his goddamn mind there. And then he collapsed on his knees. Yeah. And only then did Huckleberry be like, hey, what a log chopping contest. <laughs> fucking power move, Huckleberry. Yep. Just shamed him wild bill tries to get it back so they're gonna they're gonna take off now what wild bill does is i'm gonna take a nap on top of the logs rather than riding the trunk 
the truck with uh with Willie and Huckleberry, and they floor it through a creek, which looks they have a little they have a little wild bill cam with him back there. And it looks every bit as fucking uncomfortable and dangerous as it as it actually is. Like the logs are bouncing everywhere. He's all of a sudden like, oh fuck, oh fuck, this is a lot of trouble. Yeah. But they cut if this was a final he... destination movie, you'd be like, well, that's not how. That's not the thing that's going to kill him. That's too obvious. <laughs> what he does as they at the second they hit the creek, he yells, "Yeah, fuck you, get some of that." <laughs> Tells the creek, "Yeah, fuck you, get some of that truck that I'm riding on." He's. <laughs> So confrontational they, to imaginary creatures and inanimate objects. And just completely, like, flaccid in the face of, like, other humans. Just like, oh, whatever you say, sir. You, you ride my, my, that's my grandma's car. It's not my car. Complicated and flawed character. I love him more every single time. They ask him if he's all right back there. And with, like, only, with his, with full rambunctiousness, he declares, I am Perfect. And that's the end of the scene. <laughs> Great scene. Great scene, Wild Bill. Fucking. Barely, he barely survived that scene. They, and all they did was chop it down a tree. They handed him an axe and it just almost killed him. <laughs> if you ever question for a second why he's not allowed to have a gun, this is why. In fact, as we will find out later, he's barely allowed to have a knife from this point forward. They've decided no. No, you don't get the cool knife anymore. Uh, we meet our next witnesses, which are Abe and Derek. Uh, and this is fascinating, unprecedented. These are white hillbillies with identifiable headgear. Uh-huh. Backwards camouflage 20s. hat. Camouflage beanie. Yeah, very young. Never been done. Never been less than 40 on this show. They, I like that one is gigantic and one is tiny, like in a way that you'd think. When you see him, you're like, oh, he he undersold that. Like, there's no place these two go where they don't get a team nickname. Like, one of them is literally three times bigger than the other one. And uh, is, the little one doesn't have a line, does he? Yeah, he's got a couple of okay. lines. He's just very small. Okay, maybe that's what it is. It's just very small, so you miss them. <laughs> they come out real tiny. Uh, so Abe and Derek were efficient when they noticed some ripples. They thought it was a catfish, so they paddled toward it. <laughs> then they felt a little tap on their boat. And then it came back and it hit him like a damn Mack truck. And they saw a tail. And at this, Trapper very simply says, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's a real natural reaction. After all he's supposedly seen, after fucking fist fighting a werewolf in the last episode, these two teenagers are like, we think we saw part of a tail in the the water. And Trapper is just like, fucking holy shit. What? Trapper has touched a devil dog. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he did. He gets all serious with this, too. He's like, you're lucky to be here. I, th- I think he might have believed these yeah. two. Like, just out of no other witnesses has he actually forgotten. <laughs> and then he, they sold it so well. He's like, wait, holy shit, is this a real thing? I also think they is were a little a too, thing? like, lucid and casual. Like, they're kind of like, yep, yeah, we saw a big demonster tail. And, like, Trapper's kind of like, no, no, here's the energy you're looking for. Dear God. <laughs> You're lucky to be here. So Trapper explains it can't be any other thing. It can't be an alligator because those are cold-blooded and the water temperature is too low in this river for a cold-blooded creature. Yeah, that makes sense. That does not... No, that's... What are you saying? Are you saying that the fire dragon's cold-blooded? No, we cannot. I don't know where you're getting that. It is maybe by this time of the episode, they've mentioned it 10 or 11 times that... That this thing is cold blooded. I do. I feel like 
I do like that they somebody they had a discussion off camera because if a witness says, "Well, I was in the river and a twelve foot long creature came up and bumped my boat and I saw that it had a tail," the any person would say, "Oh my God, there's an alligator here! Like this isn't alligator right. country. Like like it could have been somebody's pet that escaped. Like somebody had an out. They were transporting one. Like you wouldn't assume fire dragon." You would say probably not. That was an alligator. Like no matter, even if it didn't look exactly like one, you would say this thing's twelve feet long and it has a big long tail and it bumped our boat. That's a gator. And then the crazy story would be, we ran into a gator while fishing in West Virginia. Not we ran into a fire dragon. Wow! <laughs> you hear hoof beats, you think fire horse. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now that they've accidentally proved that the fire dragon could not exist here. Uh, I feel like the camera lingers on him for a second while his brain turns, mm-hmm. but it never quite, get the, quite yeah. gets there. Uh, they say that could bit through their boat. We cut to a commercial and do a full recap for this dramatic moment. And then they show the boat and it's the most pathetic little thing I've ever seen. <laughs> See, like they clearly stabbed through an aluminum boat with a screwdriver for like 90 seconds. That's a screwdriver. Th- screwdriver holes. It is very clearly a screwdriver. I thought it was like a pretty they- good prop. I thought it was up there with that uh, baby cow that was missing a big chunk of its back. <laughs> oh no, they they did work. Yeah, because they because again, like for example, the hunting shack that Chester lived in. It, what's infuriating about that is that with you could have gotten sledgehammers, like presumably, and destroyed that place. Like it was, I don't know if somebody right. if it belongs to somebody. Like you could have made it an incredibly cool monster attack scene out of that little shack, assuming that somebody mm-hmm. doesn't care about it. And there's nobody actually living in it, and they they didn't. Like like somebody was like. No, you can't. You could knock the little cap off the chimney, but that's it. Uh, you know, you got to go. You got to look at existing damage and claim that it's fire dragon closets. I'm not mm-hmm. going to let you mess this thing up. I, I, you know, I built that myself or whatever. So here they sacrificed a boat. Like I don't. This is not damage. Like would have happened on accident. It does absolutely mm-hmm. look like they destroyed this fishing yeah. boat. Now I don't know that they had permission to do that. I think they found it <laughs> in the woods or along the bank, and they just like ah, that somebody's left us here. Let's let's just let's put it because it does not look anything like an animal bit it. It does. What one thing it does not no. look like is a bite. Yeah, it kind of has like, like a, they don't. If you if you look at a shark on. jaw, like in a museum, and you were to take that and put it up against the boat, that's sort of where the teeth would be, I guess. It's only, how a child might draw a shark bite. Only like every single tooth is in a different direction. Yeah. Which, to be fair, they did reflect that yeah, in, the CGI, in the CGI. CGI See? <laughs> Maybe they were working off the oh, bite pattern God. forensically from the CGI. How many model. times has this happened where I have criticized some aspect of the yep. production only to find out later that it all locks together like a it, clockwork oh. machine? <laughs> any any time now it'll happen. This show is always uh, one step ahead of us. Anyway, this is so. This is where we're gonna put the trap. No question. Yeah. We go to we cut to the crackhead trap shack, and Wild Bill says, "Got a huh little sir present for old Mister Fire Dragon." He does his little vaudeville zip like that's a punchline. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what any of that means. So they're wrestling a log into place for this trap, which they have decided is kind of a house. It's kind of a log cabin yeah. in the river. It's nicer than Chester's place. It's it's way nicer than Chester's place. It's pretty huge. I would say it's, I don't know, like 12 feet tall. It's made out of just several dozen logs. It's an actual structure, which is way more than rock on stick. 
Uh, I will Let say. Let me yeah. be absolutely we, clear. This thing looked like it took, it was a pain in the ass to build. Because yeah, it's yes. in the water. I don't know if we made that clear. It's in the middle of a creek. So they had to stand in the mud in the water and they did it themselves. Like they don't have a build team. This is not a situation where they've got a crew that comes in and then they, and then, you know, Wild Bill comes in with a hammer and pretends to be bang on it. These two guys built it or they, you know, the other guys probably help off camera, but they built it themselves. There's a bunch of longs that all weigh a lot and they had to wade into water to place each one of them into mud. It looks like a ton of labor. Now, yeah. the resulting structure as a trap, absolute garbage. It, 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 anything <laughs> anything would knock over those. They're just wedged into the mud. Like you could just easily tip the whole thing over, or pry the logs apart. Like it's clearly going to fall down at any moment, but it's not lazy. So there's a moment when they're building this trap uh, where, where Wild Bill is wrestling a log into place. And Willie is holding it, and Willie turns to itch his nose and rubs it on Wild Bill's sleeves and then smiles all sheepishly up at him. And Wild Bill says, thanks for the boogers, but, like, he gives him this big old grin like he loves it, and they're budding friendship. It's so touching. (laughs) It's so touching. Like, it's not the slash fiction of of Trapper and and Huckleberry, of Huckle Trap. Just a little guy-on-guy booger play. A fucking Trappleberry over here, but it's adorable. It's adorable. And so Wild Bill says, we're building the old crossbar motel for old Mr. Fire Dragon. We're going to have him incarcerated right there. Them logs right there. Make every one of your kids be born naked. Now, in the Big Feet's corporate slack, when I saw this, I stopped the show and came in Mm -hmm. and pasted this quote saying, what can this mean? Because, and again, the saying is, them logs right there will make every one of your kids be born naked. <laughs> you cannot Google that phrase. No. <laughs> to try to find out if it's a saying and if it is a saying, what it means. Cause I desperately want to know what it means. And again, as we have established wild bills performance, his acting process is is a very free flowing thing where he does not pre plan sentences in his head. He he ventures right. down like the way George R. R. Martin writes his plots. He discovers the sentence as he says it. Okay. <laughs> and like George R. R. Martin, sometimes his mind just spits out naked child. <laughs> and like George R. R. Martin, he's going to die long before his work is finished. <laughs> <laughs> so them logs right there will make every one of your kids be born naked. I would like both of you to posit. What do you yeah. think? What's your best guess as to how either how that could be a saying, which again, it, it might be if there are any listeners who are familiar with that saying, say so uh, for the love of God, on social media, do not Google any combination of these words. I'm telling you, don't do it. Uh, Naked kid logs. Okay, I think I get it. Okay. So these guys are such hillbillies that everyone they meet, they have to identify them by, of course, their distinct headgear. Now, what I think Wild Bill is saying is this log cabin they built is so civilized. It's such a an urban structure, so well made that it carries with it the hatlessness of civilization. And so your baby, instead of being born with like an Appalachian hat, like all babies are in the woods, it would be born hatless like a civilized baby, like a city baby. And is to be destroyed with Of course, rocks you'd have to kill it. If, if you had the blessed weapons 
required. <laughs> so after Wild Bill says this completely insane thing, uh, I don't have a theory, by the way, Jason. What would, what would I possibly have? Wild Bill turns to Willie and says, You hear me? Like it was a point of disagreement, <laughs> which adds another layer to this. Like, what is that? Why are you mad about it? Why does Willie need to hear you? Was he saying, did he say at some point? I think he just Look knew. at these logs. Such all a punchline. May all of your children be born clothed. Yeah. He, you son of a bitch. <laughs> he just needs so much approval. He's like, just please, people, look at me. Tell me, I'm. Tell me, you're proud of me, Dad. <laughs> uh, so, so Wild Bill then says, "Old Huckleberry, gonna bring the heat for Mister Fire Dragon. Give him, huh, something hot and spicy for his old pipe, huh?" So, okay, at the start of this scene, Huckleberry said, "I have an idea. I want to try something," and then he disappears from this episode, or at least from this part of the episode. And the whole implication of this is he's off doing something fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, he has a crazy idea, and Wild Bill is saying, Old Huckleberry, he's going to bring the heat to Mr. Fire Dragon. Give him something hot and spicy for his old pipe. So, like, you're thinking he's going to come back. I was thinking, at least, he's going to come back with a hillbilly flamethrower. Yes. He's going to have, like, a weed sprayer filled with gasoline. And he's just going to be out there fucking spraying down the fire dragon. And that's how this ends, is just a fire on fire. Just him feeding strength to the lizard. Epic, epic fantasy <laughs> battle. That's just, I want that every, in back of everybody's mind. We're going to build that up a little more. But this is like, fucking get hyped. Yeah. Get hyped. Huckleberry's doing Huckleberry's something Huckleberry's on a secret mission. And on that, we go to our third witness, Grizz. Grizz is a hunter with no hat. No hat. I'll be But I would argue... The beard is headgear. Yeah, it's like a and so does reverse he. hat. I think it works are, because no one's afraid of him. They don't. They do not fear his hatlessness, so they must count this beard as some type of headgear. They are confused. They do say, "Why are you called Grizz?" <laughs> and like that's a stupid fucking question. Yeah. If you could see Grizz, but I understand he's yeah. hatless, and they don't understand. Yeah. And he says, "Well, people been calling me Grizz ever since I grew this beard. Like everybody gets it now." Okay. Okay. Sure. Grizzly, Grizz. Grizzly Adams, maybe, or he kind of looks uh, like a bear. Or he's got he's got a video, and in true Mountain Monsters tradition, we need an elaborate excuse for having a video. <laughs> I think Grizz has my favorite excuse ever. Grizz says, "The sun, it was shining through the trees like I have never seen it before." So I started taking video of it, and then I noticed it standing there. It's just- <laughs> Can't deny this one. This fucking American beauty moment out here with his. (laughs) (laughs) The way it dappled through them leaves. I had to to catch the the magic of nature to show my wife, who is an actual bear, (laughs) the the beauty of the birds. (laughs) And that's when I caught a fire dragon. It's incredible. That's proof of a giant lizard. It sort of looks like a cutscene from a Star Wars prequel game, but. I think you could count it as undeniable proof of giant lizard. Okay. This is huge. Okay, this is huge. This is the first time we are doing actual special effects. Mm-hmm. We have evolved. Oh. Because what they do is they take footage of like an actual iguana and then they put it, you know, they splice it poorly into a video in the distance. But they've done it. I have a theory about this. Okay. I think that because we have through multiple episodes, we we've kind of 
realized the root of the episode was they had like this single video clip and then they worked backward. Like the mm-hmm. one where like the, the whole thing with the devil dog being blue, they had, they started with that clip. That was an actual clip. Somebody took and they built a mythology around it. Right. And then just right. acted like they came across the, that, that clip later here. I think this guy with the beard, I think he made this clip in after effects or something. I think he sent this in or posted to YouTube or somewhere. And they built the episode out of this clip because their rendering looks just like this thing. I think they built their rendering, the mythology, everything based off this clip this guy made. But I don't think their I don't think their production team made this effect. I don't, I've never seen them do That's effects like this. Right. Yeah. I think this is a guy who knew enough about After Effects because it's got some decent work to it. Like it, it goes between sure. behind the trees. So there's some like rotoscoping crap you've got to do. It, it's it's there's some labor here, and it's just grainy enough to kind of hide you know, any, any imperfections. I think he sent them the clip and then they just invented, well, what they're going to call it. And then everything was built around that. Cause it's too, it's literally too good for something they would do. But then he blows it when he says that it stood up on its hind legs and was around six feet tall. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a rival theory after hearing your theory. I think that Grizz has a methodicted iguana as a pet. I think he probably thought it was funny, like like when your college friends feed your dog beer, and then it became a problem as uh, as the iguana needed it just to get through its day. I think they then constructed the episode around the fact that he has a methodicted iguana and what they can do with it. I think the model was designed off of the actual iguana. I think they put it, you know, in in this little video. I think they, I think that was the inciting incident. That was the cow with a weird thing on its back. Was right. this methodicted iguana? And they're like, that thing's fucking crazy. We got to do something with it. What if it, what if it was twelve feet long? <laughs> so he fucks up the size of it. But then Trapper says, "Well, well, right here, this is the third time the some bitch has been after heat. This We're still trying to prove it. We still, we still haven't proven the heat." It. <laughs> and Trapper says. Now, if we don't get it right now, it's going to hibernate for the winter and we'll never catch it. Mm-hmm. The second. He does not say how he knows that, but we have established. They got that Jason Pargin note from out of time. And for some reason, this is the exact, the exact last day. This is it. This is, this is the last day before he hi- hibernates. He's gotten that note. <laughs> uh it was all those train conductors. They they gave him all of that information yeah. from. They keep detailed records. Yeah, they they were like, okay, this thing has attacked us every single time we pass through, except for on October fifth. After that, we're good. So that's a, October fifth every time. Uh, so we go back to the trap shack where they built this fucking log cabin castle gate thing with this this huge door that that drops and will obviously cut the fire dragon in half but they're still pretending like it's just gonna it's just gonna trap yeah, it. it's, it's just gonna trap. catch it in this in this small space to educate and finally huckleberry is here and it's time huckleberry unveils his invention what he literally disappeared from this entire episode to work on and he has brought <laughs> a floating fire pit yeah. and what that is is a piece of garbage that you can put flammable stuff on. (laughs) 
It is so shitty. And then, and the final product is like this, like twig log cabin with a little fire in front of it. It looks like, like, um, like a like temple, like the first temple you'd build in in like a survival video game. If Conan saw this, he'd spit and say, "Y'all Kasha worshippers, savages!" Like it's 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 garbage. It's even better than that because the fire, of course, is the bait. Yes, but they realize at some point off camera they cannot put the bait inside the trap, which is of course where the bait goes because it will burn their trap down. <laughs> so they have to kind of do this logic like, well, what we'll yeah. do is we'll put it right in front of the trap. And when it comes for the fire, it'll then it'll then it'll. walk into the trap. It's like, well, no, yeah. that's where the fire is. It's It's got its fire. It's got the thing it came for. There's nothing of value inside the trap. There's no reason for it to go in there. But they can't. They just realize like. Like as a practical matter, we have to light this on fire, and it's going to burn the trap down. I guess we just got to leave it out in front or something, and then that's that's it. Like they don't have time to rebuild the trap or to make the ceiling taller or whatever. It's but this means adjusting the lore, and how they adjust the lore is they say, well, the dragon he's going to come by, he's going to bask in the big fire out front until he's absorbed all the energy mm -hmm. from the fire. Like he's eating the fire's soul. And then he will go to continue eating. He will go to the torches that they, the smaller torches they put on top of the trap. So now we've revised. It's like a vampire for fire. Yeah. He's a, <laughs> and we've done all of that man, because we did not think this thing's going to burn our fucking trap down. So in order to not burn our trap down, we made up a, a lizard that is a fire vampire. I fucking love it. It rules. It's the best thing they've ever done. <laughs> uh, he, first, he has to drag it out there, though, and he, of course, pulls out trash bags and duct tape for waiters, which he calls Appalachian Ingenuity. And <laughs> Willie says, Willie takes one look at him and says, that's sexier than socks on a rooster. Hell yeah. Now, is that another callback? That's the thing. It, the, they didn't say sexy last time. It was it was something to the effect it of slicker. slicker than socks on a rooster, which I thought was saying like slippery, not cool looking. But maybe I misunderstood the phrase because again, I'm struggling to work through the meaning of socks on a rooster. If that's I don't understand what's hard. It's it's really hot to put socks on a rooster. <laughs> like am i right yeah i just like that they're being so open with their romance now like it's, it's getting really it's like burning in the background but now it's just like yeah you fucking put those garbage bags in your legs you <laughs> slut <laughs> <laughs> all right so it's time for <laughs> by the way i, I just to state the obvious he he puts he tapes trash bags to his legs and says these are like hillbilly waiters. These are all supposedly full time outdoorsmen who live off the land. Right. They would own waiters. Like that's not that's not big city folk wear. Mm -hmm. You know that's it's like the maybe not where you're the hillbilly from. Hillbilly version of waiters is waiters. There's. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they do instead of pants, but they have them. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, so, I, I like these details i like when they're sort of like can we make this like more hillbilly and they're like yeah i think i think we could figure that out 
I'm just still thinking about you calling Huckleberry a slut. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've said uh, that word out loud in like 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time for the night hunt. Uh, they use their, their most unusual tactic yet. They split up and use a pincer movement to drive him towards the trap. It's never worked yet, but one <laughs> of these times. I had the exact words in my notes. The same plan as always. <laughs> Start wherever. Pincer move the figure. Yeah, whatever. Well, it's let you down 11 times in a row. <laughs> and it will stop for a power-up in its, in its yeah. flight. Uh, and, then, and then bumble into the trap. Although they do promise... That they're going to do it, we're going to be in the golf cart, they're going to be in a boat, as if it's going to be this high-flying land and sea adventure. And we kind of get that, but it, it kind of starts off with just them wandering through the woods like always. Right. Like always, the improv just tears it apart, though. Like, they have a plan for, like, this is going to be fucking Flight of the Valkyries is going to be playing. We're going to be on the top of our gunboat. They're going to be roaring along in their golf cart. The thing is going to be thrashing in front of them. When really it works out, it's just like they panic and <laughs> wind up like they can't see anything because it's night. Everything's fucked. Uh, Trapper reiterates at this point, we have to do it tonight. He's just a few days from going into hibernation. We made that up just the other day. Now we, we know it for a fact. He knows the exact schedule down to the day. Buck has this stunning moment of self-awareness that will never be repeated again. He says... We're going to be on land. We're going to be on water. This thing can destroy us on both. <laughs> I love it. We got no advantage. It's just, we're fucked. <laughs> so Jeff is still doing his thermal thing, but we never d deliver the cold-bloodedness. Trapper has found the fire dragon's nest. Everything has a fucking nest. Right. We follow it to the water. The other team did not get the note that Trapper found the nest because they have also found the nest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Willie falls Buck again. And, yeah, Buck, Willie, and Wild Bill are following the, the trail, which also was not their job. So there were two trails, two nests, because they didn't sync up on this. Uh, they're still finding tracks and marveling at them the whole time. Much, <laughs> but for the second episode in a row, they improvise, oh, look here, there's a track, but they don't bother making one. The, right. the thing where they were making these very cartoonish tracks, cookie cutter tracks that look terrible. I don't know if they got the note that those look bad or if they got the note that like, look, the tracks don't read on camera anyway at night. Right. So they're just pointing at like a, a spot of mud and pushing some leaves aside. Like, well, there's a track right here, which is a step of laziness a little above making the track. Yeah, they lost a little bit of that artisanal goodness when they made their little cookie cutter footprints, which was cute. It was so cute. Every I, like time. I miss them. I do miss yeah. them. Uh, but then Willie falls and they go, Willie, you okay, Willie? We cut to a commercial. We come back. We recap everything for this dramatic moment. And Buck says, Willie fell into this real deep hole. <laughs> and then he says this over footage of Willie standing in a small ditch up to his knees. <laughs> and this is a wonderful little moment of improv, improv and ad just adapting to the circumstances because again, Willie fell down into the kind of hole that you just have in the woods that's everywhere. Mm -hmm. That's the woods is not like a lawn. It is it has little holes and stuff. And they decided that he has that he has found the fire dragon's tunnel. <laughs> the fire dragon's tunnel into his hibernation hole, and they don't realize by saying that, by trying to make up an excuse for why Willie just tripped in a hole. 
they don't realize they fucked up the entire episode. Right. There are now no stakes to the episode. They can just go find him when he goes to hibernate. Exactly. Because it's this hole. <laughs> they never mention like, oh, but it won't work because now our scent is on it. It won't work because we, we're going to scare him away with this. They just establish that everything we're doing right now is stupid and for nothing, and then they wander away without telling Trapper's team. And here's where, if I was on set, I feel like I could help the show. Because here's where I would say, guys, look, you're going to do the thing with the trap. He's not going to be in the trap. The final scene has to be Wild Bill coming back to this hole, looking in the hole, saying, well, he's in there. He, he's a hibernating. He's hibernating in his in his hibernation tunnel, and then sticking his shotgun into the hole and just <laughs> unloading it. Yep. And then the rest of the team, like, he's good and dead in there. We've done it. We have we have saved the land from the Pokemon's fire dragon, and its its body has dissolved as they do. Into, into ash. <laughs> it's dissolved into ash. There's no evidence, not even any bones left in there. It's perfect. One revision, if I may. I think the rest of the team shouldn't be there. I think we should just kind of cut back to the hole like the rest of the team didn't figure it out. Only Wild Bill did. And I think she shouldn't have any lines. He walks up in total silence. He checks that it's there, puts a knife into his teeth, and then crawls into the hole. And then we just heal. We yep. hear squealing and then cut to black. Uh, one more note the ashes from the dead body reform into the form of a Cherokee chief that transforms into a fire dragon and it says the end with a question mark (laughs) single tear down his cheek at what's become of his great nation Uh, (laughs) so okay so we're stalking the fire dragon for no reason Uh, Trapper says Oh my god, it's right there. It's right there in front of us. Jeff says, I've got something on that broken tree. He's right up there on that log. And now we finally see the fire dragon on the thermal. The creature that's so cold, he will have no choice but to flee the rivers for their (laughs) energy trap. As bright red on the thermal as he can go, maxing out the thermal scale across the charts. I I was both angry, but like hysterical. Like I was laughing so hard that they spent... 40 minutes explaining how cold-blooded this thing was, and then they got this bright red blob on the thermal. It's literally the only thing Jeff's ever found on thermal, except for Willie in the last episode. And <laughs> I think it's even brighter than Willie. Yeah. I think they maxed it out on it's red. so funny. It's just, it's, the show is stupid in ways that c- shouldn't be possible. <laughs> so, Huckleberry screams, Trapper, he's coming your way! And like, fuck yeah, now it is. They get to fire their guns again. Trapper has once again brought his little Glock to execute a cryptid gangland style. <laughs> we, we just established in the first sentence, this thing fights fucking trains, and now it's a fire vampire, right. and Trapper's out here with Paul Blart's gun. Just, just 9mm into it. <laughs> plink, plinking at it. Also, we very specifically establish it has made no threatening motions. Huckleberry even goes into a testimonial and says... The second he saw us, it started running away. (laughs) (laughs) He pulled out a pocket knife. And he's like, I want to kill him with this carbon steel. (laughs) The way they do the effect of it attacking Trapper is that they, somebody shakes a bush. Yeah. They they, they have the crew or somebody, it's it's Buck or somebody laying on the ground, just shaking the bush with their hand. 
causing uh, Trapper to, again, this is the, the second time, the last time they fired their weapons, the only time they fired the weapons, they all collectively shot them into a river, like that scene mm-hmm. in Predator. And they were firing real rounds. They were not blanks. And, but they, I guess they figured, well, it's safe enough to just shoot them into the water. Here, he is shooting a pistol into the woods where we've already established that people <laughs> live in this woods. Yeah. Like we've met people who, who live here. And so we're about to establish. Yeah. It's, this is foreshadowing because he's recklessly firing. And again, for people who are listening to this, who don't are not familiar with firearms, when you shoot a bullet, if it doesn't hit something, it keeps going for like a mile. Like a rifle round will go for two miles before it finally hits the ground. You, you can kill somebody a thousand meters away if you shoot a gun randomly. You don't do that. You. This is why blanks were invented. I do not believe this production has access to blanks. If somebody who worked no on way. the show wants to tell me I'm wrong, that is fine. But it is not a digital effect. It is ejecting cartridges. It is shooting. Yes, he is firing wildly into the woods because it's fun. Because it's fun to pretend yeah. that he's shooting at a dragon. A 100-year-old magical fire creature. <laughs> Puff the magic dragon <laughs> is getting shot in the fucking face out here. Uh, Wild Bill says, old Mr. Fire Dragon, he got a mouthful of sharp teeth, but I tell you what, I got something here for that. Here's some old carbon steel right here, bro. Come get you some of this. And then he pulls out. A three-inch pen knife. Just the tiniest little, like, open the Christmas presents knife. They're not going to give him a weapon after that no. axe. Like, no. he brought this from home. Like, yeah. this is his, this is the, the knife I use to open boxes. Mm-hmm. Like, we zoom in on it so there can be no mistake that it's the funniest knife he could have possibly pulled out at the moment. <laughs> and it's really funny. We come back to the woods. Willie says, I see eyes. And Buck goes... Those are our eyes. Let's go. And then they all run off in perfect sync in this adorable childlike wonder moment. I, I, it's so cute. I think they Buck falls ATV. down like a couple of steps into it. It's really <laughs> almost too for one mo- For one beautiful moment, yeah. they all jog off in sync. It falls apart very quickly. But there's a there's a brief moment in time that's that's just wonderful. So they hear an ATV roaring through the woods. And they're all like, what the fuck? They all brandish their guns in the air and start yelling for this thing to stop. Unwisely, it does. And it's some fucking random people. (laughs) It's a guy and a girl just out tearing ass on their ATV. Their faces are blurred like they didn't get permission. The woman takes one look at all of them and screams, go, go, go. And they do. They do the wisest thing. And they redline that fucking engine until it falls apart away from here. Away from these hillbillies. Crazy. (laughs) <laughs> you do not see them casting just extras to participate in their action scenes. This is unprecedented. Yeah. It, it, it would be like if you went into a screening of Avatar and you didn't realize it was one of those 4D screenings where they like spray water on you and stuff like that. <laughs> and suddenly like you it that like that's how shocked I was that they had cast fleeing victims. Like a fucking Godzilla movie. Like you're running towards Godzilla and these are the victims because running away. Again, like the, the you know, they have planted it in my mind that these guns might actually have bullets in them now. And this ATV is screaming toward them and they react to it as if they fully believe the fire dragon is riding that ATV towards them. <laughs> they do. They do. They start screaming, Whoa, whoa, what is that? I somebody should have died at that point. Yeah. If those 
if Trapper hadn't already just discharged his gun wildly into the woods, somebody should have died here. Like, if he had any bullets left, somebody would have been dead on this. Wild Bill says, they were real scared. Something must have attacked him down there. Zero self-awareness. They, they just... Yeah, you're the threat It here. should have been you. Yeah. Uh, they find a campsite that has been gently jostled, maybe poked around a little bit. Like, the fire's been kind of spread out a little on the ground, like a poker. Cooler's been, cooler's been knocked over. Cooler's been knocked over. Uh, you guys are his, underselling it. This was the fire dragon, and he trashed their campsite to get their fire. Now he's turbocharged with the fire, ready to kill. Fully charged up for the hunt. They do say the words, now he's all charged up on fire energy. <laughs> and he's heading towards the river. He's the, So this is what, this is in their mind what fucked up their hunt. This is like the sixth turn. It's so great. Now he's supercharged yeah, early. That they finally got like that G.I. Joe language down. They're like, he's, he's fire charged for the hunt. So. <laughs> now they, so they all run to the river to chase him, which is so sort of the plan. Trapper's team sees the fire dragon right in front of him sitting in the water. So Trapper says... Stop! Look at the mud still in the tracks. <laughs> He's still finding tricks. We can prove he exists. His previous <laughs> sentence was, "He's right there in front of me." His next sentence is, "Stop! Look at this mud God still in the tracks." <laughs> like he's eating you right now. Is is yeah. canonically what's happening? But they all do. They stop to marvel at the tracks as the fire dragon is like a foot away, going, "What are we doing this? Yeah, what? Are we doing this?" Like what? It's really weird that you're looking at my footprints when we're doing this. Buck's team gets in their boat, trappers in their forest golf carts. They start whooping and hollering and charging. Buck's team very quickly realizes they can't see anything at night. <laughs> start and neither can we. About it. The show for like five minutes is just a blur of white shapes with idiots falling and screaming. It is. <laughs> and somewhere in that blur, trapper screams, "Swim, you fuck, swim!" Okay, now hold on. In my was that was that bleeped in your version or was it? It was bleeped, but it has to. Now be I oh, hold on. This was it, it, he screams in the heat of a, a feverish, the, you know the the state of mind that only comes over a hunter when their blood is red hot with prey. Right. Swim, you bleep, swim. I have actually spent a lot of time trying to think what was in that bleep. Because swim, you pussy swim, is also pretty good. Yeah. Would they have bleeped that? But would they have bleeped that? But I'm, I, I, I have delighted in thinking of all of the various slurs that you could put. <laughs> I like, Maybe it was something racial. No, I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking something homophobic because he's like, a, he's like accusing it of being cowardly, right? So I was thinking of right. like what my high school football team would have shouted at something they were chasing through the woods. Could have been the C word. Uh, but no, there, there's like 30 or 40 very funny words you could put in there that, that are – some of them are incredibly offensive and also hate crimes, but also some of them are just amusing – and uh, I've tried to imagine all of them in his voice. Um, it's interesting that you are very sure. And I don't like lip read. I don't think they showed his mouth. So I. No, it was from the back. I think I just, it was it has to be. Magnificent Bastard. And they're like, no, it's a little a little too wordy for him. Let's, they, be, let's see, leave it. I thought of that. 
They don't censor, they haven't censored bastard, they haven't censored some bitch for sure. They have censored the ass part in asshole, so it's out asshole, but it's also very short. It's a four letter word. It's swim you shit swim, swim you fuck swim, swim you C word, oh. swim possibly. Swim you dick. Swim. Swim you dick swim. Again, I don't know if they'd censor that, but anything he says, anything he says there. It's just an insane, like, he has gone mad in the middle of this improv where they're all fucking lost and screaming in the fog. I got it. Now. It was, so they- swim you, I'm just on go bongo road, dick, babe. <laughs> swim. All right. <laughs> fucking Jedi B team. Uh, so now they finally find the trap. Uh, they go. He's headed right towards the trap. Jeff is the first to see it, and he goes, the door's down. And then Huckleberry goes, what the hell's going on? And Jeff says... The trap's on fire! <laughs> so, who called that this trap that they put 30 torches on uh, would catch off? Everybody. Everybody. Everybody called that this would happen immediately. Uh, there are a few logs strewn around, like he broke it to pieces. I conclude what they what happened in reality is that this thing caught on fire. Yeah. And they did not realize, they thought like they had taken enough precautions. And well, so somebody no, came in Trevor and just like, did the forensics. He's like, he... He he got charged up by the fire and then went in here to that part and did a tail whip on that wall and then he bit that fire barrel because we gave him too much heat, guys. Like he figured it all out. He's like just in a but glance. What actually happened was their trap burned down. <laughs> they were like, "Well, that's gotta a, improv. That's gotta, possible. Gotta, too. gotta well, adapt." Because the issue is that that the, the logs are held together with just twine. So right. when it caught yes. fire, the, that twine immediately burned and the logs just kind of fell away. And that's exactly what it looks like happened. Like it just yes. fell apart because it, it caught a fire. However, the lines that they say, it's Buck who says, well, he must have got energized off that fire and went nuts. And Trapper concludes, we heated him up too much. Yeah. <laughs> he got fire charged. He, he, Trapper actually encouragingly says, that's exactly what happened, Buck. I think we, I think we heated the son of a bitch up too much. He got too energized. <laughs> so hold on, hold on. We spent all episode explaining to each other what cold blooded meant, and then at the very end, we take our shot and fucking airball it straight out the window into traffic. <laughs> they conclude that he is now a vampire that drinks the energy from the spirit of fire. He got too full. He he gorged himself on fire soul. And then went fucking insane and destroyed their trap. That's uh, that's how their understanding of cold bloodedness works. So that's how they think every lizard works. Now, hold now. on. Are you suggesting that in order to catch the Pocahontas fire dragon, they should have built a trap that was not flammable? <laughs> Some sort of cold trap. Uh, also, by the way, I want to point out to the listeners, Wild Bill falls down in the middle of this. We've stopped calling out people falling down. They fall yes. down all the time. And I swear they either, A, got the note that this is what the audience comes for, because they even in the opening like montage will always now include one fall. <laughs> That's true. They People love it. It gets the blood they, pumping. They, in twice in two consecutive episodes, have cut to commercial on a fall. When Wild Bill fell in that hole, and then in the last mm-hmm. episode, when Willie fell out of the tree, they've cut to ad break like, ooh, we've got a fall. Cliffhanger. Buck has blown the ass straight out of those pants. <laughs> Will. Just shitting himself 
Finn. Will this be the, the fall that leaves them paralyzed or concussed to come back after the ads to find out? Like, that's now what the show is about, and it now happens frequently enough. We're not commenting on it anymore. So Trapper wraps it up. He says, I tell you one thing, we're right in the heart of West Virginia's mountains, and the Pocahontas fire dragon exists. <laughs> that's the victory that, that we're settling they for. I know it. we move the goalposts a lot. Yeah. Um, but we started off knowing he exists, and now we've settled for he does. And there's Buck says, because again, you have this thing where they each compete with each other to get the final line of the episode that'll end, that'll be the freeze frame line. But yes. they, everyone just keeps going because nobody <laughs> wants. So, like, Buck says, the worst part is now we have to go tell Chester we didn't catch that woolly bugger. And then everyone laughs uproariously, but. This man was in mortal fear of this creature. He was huddling in his house with a shotgun, scared of this thing. And so I'm going to skip ahead to the favorite quote of the episode, because this is where mine comes in. Trapper, to to get the final, final line, because damn it, he's the leader, and he's going to get the final line, says, well, something to the effect of, but we'd better hope this thing is is going to go into hibernation, because if not, somebody's going to get hurt. Now let's get out of here. <laughs> Job it's is exactly done. the lizard demon where they're like, "That's fucking Pittsburgh. That sounds like a Pittsburgh problem to me." And then they all laugh. Let's go home. Now let's go home. It's great. That let's do all of our final lines. There is, hold on, there is a moment where, like, they're all cackling and Huckleberry just goes, ah, shit. Like, he suddenly realized he's not happy anymore. I just like that little detail. <laughs> but, my, but Sean, what's your, what's your I, favorite? You already line said mine. I liked it when uh, Buck was just trying to sound all smart and tough. And he goes, we're going to be on land. We're going to be on water. This thing can destroy us on both. <laughs> just, I, with such finale, like, like, he doesn't realize how... How cowardly and weak that makes him sound. <laughs> we're fucked either way we go. I don't know what we're doing. Uh, my line, if only for like the poetic, phonetic cadence of it, is Trapper saying, Now we all know the fire dragon. He's big, he's aggressive, and he's in this cranberry area. <laughs> Be a 